Hi, and welcome to Claiming Zero, the podcast about living child-free with Dallas. This is what it's, people it's, did for tricks. This is what ood and odd in the 1920s. And Vanessa. I'm just like <laughs> fascinated. Like I did not see that. It was like, you should make movies. Shall we begin? Welcome back to Claiming Zero, the child-free podcast. My name is Dallas. And of course, across the country, we have (laughs) Vanessa. Hey. (laughs) Hello. Yes, indeed, across the country. Although when this episode's airing and y'all are hearing it, Dallas just recently came to visit Las Vegas. So it was great to see you in person. And I am ecstatic that we got to hang out in the flesh. Totes my goats. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Always good to be back for sure. And off the top, just real fast, can we say thank you to our listeners and our subscribers? Mm -hmm. I don't think you guys understand how much Dallas and I text each other like, look, (laughs) look. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. Any little thing, any little thing at all, it makes a big difference for us. It's like when they say like, buy from small businesses, because it means a lot to them. Like, leave us a comment or something, because it does mean a lot to us. We're just like your local antique podcast shop, you know, Mm, or you might find a VHS from 1970. And it'll be very nostalgic. And please be kind and rewind. (laughs) All right. What you got for me? I'm excited. So sticking with the theme of traveling. Oh, oh, Amelia Earhart. No. (sighs) Technically, you're on the right page. Elizabeth Bessie Coleman. Am I a terrible American for not knowing who that is? No, a lot of people don't. Okay. She became the first African-American and Native American to get an international pilot's license. Okay. Like first person or first woman? Um, No, first African-American. Oh. Person. Person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Good for her. Yes. Yes. I know. There is now, there is a little controversy behind that because some people say that a man did it first, Mm. but mm, it's- it's sketchy. I don't believe it. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't even know the story, but I'm going to vote no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You're on the right side. Okay. <laughs> so Bessie was born in Atlanta, Texas okay. on January 26, 1892. Oh, so fresh. Yes. Barely just happened. Our ladies from the 1880s, we've been missing out on them. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so her family. Um, were cotton sharecroppers in Waxahachie, Texas. Oh, now we're talking, I mean, this, we're talking native land here with, with a name like that being from Wisconsin, I hear those different and unique names. So yes, she had, (laughs) remember the times y'all eight brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. She actually had more, but her mom, like back then to have a stillbirth or anything like that was a little more common. So she actually had more brothers and sisters, but they did not make it. So we're talking oh. a big family here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel her. Yes. So um, she does get an education. And I just make a point to say that because a lot of women and girls didn't get educations at this time, especially African-American. So mm-hmm. that alone, she's already got kind of a leg up on things and she seems to really enjoy learning and she saves up a little bit and decides to go um, to college, which again, 
we're talking this is the late 1800s people were not often going to college men maybe were but we don't care about them so (laughs) (laughs) she actually only goes for a semester because she can't afford she runs out of tuition money basically and can't afford to keep going and i make that point because well I hear you, girl. I dropped out of college numerous times because it got really expensive. And aren't we yeah. all still paying for all that college tuition? That's right. Dallas also went to college in the 1800s. So I did. she gets it. Mm-hmm. I was I was there. I completely understand. <laughs> I'm there for you. So she's 23 years old and decides to move to Chicago. She's got two brothers out in Chicago. And so it's 1915. And just to kind of give you, like to put you in the time, Mm-hmm. 1915 this is just after the start of world war one oh so okay. put yourself at yeah like a good historical moment to to set yourself in the in the time okay. so she's a manicurist which i love my like, yes. guess and then you look at your nails and go oh okay i wonder if that's um, specific to just hands or if like they called because now it's nail technician because they do mm-hmm. hands and feet so i wonder if she's like i'm not touching your feet manicurist I mean, all the way a, I would not touch your feet. And B, we're talking early 1900s. Do we even know what showers are yet? True. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like we think that's like <laughs> such a long time ago. And they're like, dude, we had internet and Wi-Fi. <laughs> Basically a <up>. hundred <laughs> years ago. <laughs> uh, they're rolling over their graves. Like, dude, yeah. relax. We have so TV and radio and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they had radio because she within her job she hears stories from um like pilots who come home and talk about flying and she hears stories of like wartime flight and so this Mm -hmm. is kind of intriguing to her she's really fascinated by it um and she kind of gets motivated she's like i think i'm gonna become a pilot like why the hell not why not shoot for the stars literally Mm -hmm. so she actually gets a second job to save money so she's hustling at this point Mm. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to save more money and hope, you know, I'm going to go and get some training. Now, American flight schools did not allow Black people, natives, okay. or women, oh. which she is all three. They didn't, they weren't admitted into their flight schools. Okay. So she, one of her brothers uh, who was living with her in Chicago, he actually served in the army um, in France. And so he's like talking to her about all these stories about how there's so many more opportunities over there, especially for women. And he's sharing these stories and she's kind of like, okay, tell me more about this France place. Mm-hmm. And so Robert Abbott, who is the founder of the Chicago Defender, which is a newspaper at the time okay. and still, still is around today under a slightly different name, I believe. Um, and then Jesse Binga, who actually is the first privately owned African-American bank owner in Chicago. Ooh. These are big names, big money. They mm-hmm. decide they want to financially support her. They're like, listen, oh. you deserve this. We are going to help you out. We are going to make sure that you get to France. So first, she takes a French language class. Nice. So now she can go to Paris in November of 1920. And she joins a flight school there. You know where else you can learn French, Dallas? Tell me. College. Listen. <laughs> I took. Look, I've got to represent the college goers <laughs> over here. Okay. I. <laughs> Nothing against her, but. You could no, but you. Learn that. You know better than even I do. 
having officially graduated from college more That's than right. once. Did the dang thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Moving on. Definitely. Back to her. <laughs> So she learns, think about, I'm trying to, I was trying to like think of what airplanes looked like at the time. So she learns to fly on um, an open top biplane. Oh. And they only fly, like it has like the two like propellers on the side wing things, I think. Okay. So these fly only like a couple thousand feet high in the air. And like when you fly in a regular flight, like you're usually over 30,000 feet. So not very high. This is still early, but (laughs) These are the same like planes that were used during World War One. Mm. They only had two seats, one in the front and one in the back, and you could only fly for a few hundred miles. Oh. So I'm I may not arrive to Vegas <laughs> if I use one of these planes. Oh, probably Slowly. not going to happen. <laughs> chugga 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 choo choo the whole yes. way. So on June fifteenth, nineteen twenty one, she gets her license and she makes history. That's awesome. Yes. I wonder what that felt like. You know, I always mm-hmm. wonder the people who do these things that are like historic or they were the first this or the first that, like, do mm-hmm. they recognize in that moment? Like, I just did something amazing. Right, right, you know? exactly. Did they, do they realize that? I mean, and she knew she had to literally go to a different country to learn to fly. So she had right. some inkling. Right, or do you just like find out casually as you're standing in line ordering a burrito, you know? Mm-hmm. Like did someone just message her and go, by the way, here you someone go. Someone like recognized her, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So in um, September of 1921, she returns to the US and because commercial flying really isn't available yet, mm-hmm. she becomes a stunt performer. That's, she's like, well, that's where I can make my money. Okay. So she goes to the Netherlands and Germany to train with like the best stunt flyer so she can get really, really good at it. That's awesome. Like she's traveling already. And I'm so impressed. By the way, she's traveling by by ship because she's like fly commercial overseas yet. So she's, this is really intense. I love it. Taking a boat to learn how to fly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. She spends nearly five years performing for events. Um, so in 1918, World War I has ended. So now they're like honoring all the veterans. It was a big hoorah. And she does a lot of like performances for that kind of stuff. It's, we're basically in the roaring 20s at this point. So think about like the boom of things and the flappers and the cigarettes. Oh, the boomers and the flappers and the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> so now one really cool thing that I think um, she basically said, I will not perform anywhere that segregates their crowds. So unless you're mm. going to allow African-American people to attend these events, I will not perform for you. So yes. I love that. Cause she was like, listen, I'm, I'm the first black person. I'm the first, maybe woman to do these things. And I want those, those are the people I want to see me and to be inspired to like, yeah. you can do anything you want to do, no matter what, even if you have to go to France to do it. And that's how change happens, people. It's like, yes, you do things like little things day to day for us regular folk. But when you do have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to step into something and you have that power, it's so important to be like, okay, but I'm going to stand up for everybody and represent Mm -hmm. everybody. So good for her doing that in a time where that was not popular. Yeah. And I, you know, you think about, we tell these stories and we're just getting a really big overview of like how her life went, but like, I can't imagine how day to day those interactions may have gone. It's just Mm -hmm. very interesting to think about. Um, She was very skilled and a daring pilot. uh, Yeah, basically. (laughs) And she stopped at nothing to complete a difficult stunt. 
So oh. much so that in 1923, she crashed, <gasps> was injured, like broke a leg and some ribs, and then healed and flew again. Oh, heck yeah. Like nothing was going to stop her. She said, listen, this plane flies 50 feet off the ground and a crash means nothing to me. So I'm totally fine. That's right. She was the original um, person who lived the lyrics of I'm all the way up. Nothing will stop me. I'm all the way up. Stop. <laughs> that was is. her original jam. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what she like listened to in the cockpit when she was flying. <laughs> That's right. Because it's not that member. It's not that far along ago. Yeah. <laughs> they, had, they had iPods. <laughs> There's some historian who listens to us and is like, for the love of Jesus, get Google. <laughs> Do your research. We're going to guess. Do birds it's exist? It's more at this fun point? that way. I don't know. <laughs> is this the concern? The birds was, are flying higher than you, like mocking you. Was Moses alive? Was Jesus living? I don't understand. What's going on? In are we that far country? back or are we a few years back? We have no idea what time 1915 is. <laughs> it's right. College degree over here. They gave it to me. <laughs> oh, now I imagine this is like just me picturing in my head. I imagine she thought about her legacy. Mm-hmm. because she we, we know she's doing some big things some good things so she has the idea we know this to open an aviation pilot school for african-americans love it um it never gets to that point though oh yeah i still love it <laughs> don't worry hold on to that love it's not okay it's not for lack of trying um and basically nowadays i mean you can see her inspiration all over even though there wasn't this school she she never managed to to create um there are actually at airports like the roads that like run through airports there's mm-hmm. roads named after her oh. there are there were stamps we've talked about some of our women in the past before getting like cool stamps yeah which who made that the thing who's like you know what uh, you've done mm-hmm. a really amazing thing dallas you know what we're gonna do we're gonna take your face and we're going to put it on a piece of sticky paper that's going mm-hmm. to go on envelopes that people are going to throw away. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and stamp collectors, like people who collect things like stamps and coins. Oh, they yeah. were like, we have to do it for those people. For those diehard stamp collectors, we have to continue to put people's faces on them. That's smart. You know what? This is why, this is why we're friends mm-hmm. because you're so much smarter than me. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, stamps go in the trash. Who cares? <laughs> you're like, um, no, there are people who actually like care about those things. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> Got to think about everyone. Remember? Yes. More than just myself. I apologize. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, okay. So here's, here's what happens. Here's how this flying school does not become a thing. Um, it's April 30th, 1926. Mm-hmm. She's 34 years old at this time. Are you 34? Ooh, no, how 32. Okay. All right. So she's in Jacksonville, Florida, and she had just purchased a used biplane. So a lot of the world war one aircraft, they would just sell them off to people. Okay. And so she had bought one. Oh, and so she had a mechanic and he was going to fly her plane from Dallas where the plane was to Florida. Okay. I don't know how many miles that is, but remember these don't fly very far. (laughs) So along the way, he ends up having to make three forced landings. Forced? Yeah, meaning like, uh-oh, something's not right. I better land this plane. <laughs> yeah. Three times between Dallas and Jacksonville. My whole life is a forced landing. Oh. <laughs> you gotta stop. Slow down. Redirect. Something's not right. <laughs> so she's she's gonna do this show in Jacksonville. And one of the things she was gonna do is she was gonna like 
hop out of the plane and like parachute from it. <laughs> this is what it's, people it's, did for tricks. This is what oohed and odd in the 1920s. It oohs and ahs in the 2020s. That's ridiculous. Uh, She's going to hop out of a pair, like out of mm-hmm. a plane with a parachute. She's just okay. going to jump out. So her and her mechanic, who was also a pilot. So they're like, let's, let's fly up around the area. Let's kind of scope it out and see like, where's the best, the best p- place for me to jump out and land safely. So they're flying around and she's in the back seat and he's mm-hmm. in the front piloting and she's not wearing her seatbelt because she's like, I need to look over and like survey the land and kind of see what's best. So 10 minutes into their flight, they're flying at 3000 feet. All of a sudden the plane dives and starts spinning and flips upside down and she falls out. Without the parachute? No, she's not wearing a parachute. She's just, right now she's just surveying the land. She has no intention of jumping out of the airplane. They're just like flying around looking. (laughs) She has no seatbelt on. She falls out and she lands on the ground and dies. What? Isn't this the craziest thing? That is not how I expected you to. What? That's, I know. I know. You're fired from storytelling. You can't (laughs) just kill someone. randomly i know okay it's the, this is what's insane about this like this is how she dies this is how she, at 34 years old that's it i'm upset so the plane itself crashes as well the pilot can't gain control and so he dies as well so, so wait, there's this tragic accident i have so many questions you're telling the story like you were there and i want to know who can tell this like, how did you find this if they both died um, because people were there watching. <laughs> oh, I thought they went out to like survey the area on their own. Well, yeah, but I'm sure there was people around. Okay. Like it made I'm... the news. I mean, I don't have the articles to prove it, but it made the news. I know. I believe you. I'm just like <laughs> fascinated. Like I did not see that was like, you should make movies. I'm, um... I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> trying to paint a picture of tragedy. No, here. you did a great job. I'm stunned. <laughs> so Basically, after the crash, they they go and they look at the plane. They're trying to figure out like what happened. Yeah. And a wrench, like an yeah. actual like mechanics tool, a wrench that they used to service the airplane. Yeah. Had jammed in the controls. No. And so the pilot was trying to control things, and it couldn't because a a wrench was in the way. Like this is this is the kind of aircraft we're talking about here. There's no cover on you. Two people inside. If you flip over, you you fly out. You're not wearing a parachute because you're at 3,000 feet just tooting around. You're not thinking about it. And then freaking tragedy strikes, man. I feel like I it's the not... beginning of a Lifetime movie and someone put it there. I feel like it was intentional. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like this, so the aircraft itself must not have been in great shape because the right. mechanic himself had to force himself to land three different times on the way. Supposedly, Bessie's yeah. family was like, that sketches us out. I really don't think you should fly in this plane. And she was like, no, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> All good. We're not flying a cr- from Dallas to Jacksonville. We're just tooting around in the air and I'm going to jump out anyways. <laughs> oh, and then I'm only laughing at the fact this, that I know, I know. And I'm not trying to like make it dramatic, but yeah, man. No, that is dramatic. That's like, hey, I'll call you when I land. And then no, Mm-mm. no calling when landed. So, you know, I've got to think about 
you know, we're a child-free podcast. I'm doing this, you know, story about her because she was child-free. Right. I imagine at 34 years old in the twenties, as a 30 something year old, you were, you were either going to be married and have kids by this age or you weren't. Right. Mm-hmm. Supposedly she was married to a man um, quite a bit older than her, but really I only saw that in one spot. So whether it's true or not, I don't know. Um, but she definitely did not have kids and she devoted her entire life to being this wild, crazy, daring flight acrobat. basically you know what though and I don't know we'll find out hopefully one day when we get to walk the streets of heaven and we see her there but I feel like someone like that who's that courageous who truly loved what she did clearly Mm -hmm. because I think there's an element of fear that we naturally have as humans but when you Mm -hmm. do something regardless of fear it's because the love overcomes the fear right and so she clearly loved this more than she was afraid of it and not Mm -hmm. that she wanted to die at that young age or in that manner but at least Mm -hmm. as cliche as it sounds she died doing exactly what she loved Mm -hmm. and she could not be regretful of like oh I took some time off and then I like slipped on a thing and you know what I mean like yeah right Right. yeah I feel like she's at peace with that like I don't think she her ghost is haunting the area you know no she was like yeah yeah so it's just it is like it's a crazy thing to think about but it's also like man that was that was the sort of in overall like beginning of flight kind of time yeah for sure I mean, think about the things they didn't, you didn't even have a cover over your head on the airplane. Like now, if you do that, you'll Dallas is so upset about the cover, y'all. Should we tell her that car seats didn't happen until 1980? (laughs) Uh, No, I agree with you. I agree. And you know what? This goes for our child-free community or those of you that are fence sitters like myself. This is why it's so important to think about your decision in becoming a parent, because had she had a child with Mm -hmm. this risky lifestyle, what Mm -hmm. would happen to said child when this tragedy happened? Now, tragedy Mm -hmm. hits anywhere at any time. Death is unforgiving. However, I think when we go back to like, we've been re-listening to our episodes from the beginning because we're coming up on 50, (laughs) but we go back to the things that like, Becca was telling us about how her lifestyle of wanting to be a performer and da da da. So it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, your your risk is really high in life. Don't be. Yeah. Think about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope she did, and I hope that's why she was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just gonna focus on me and what I love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Bessie Coleman, if you are more interested, I, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's out there in terms of any kind of movies or shows or anything like that. Um, not a whole sure. lot came up, but I just was really kind of fascinated by her story, her love of flight and kind of all the things that she had to overcome, i.e. fly to go, sorry, not fly, travel to France to learn yeah. how to fly. So I, I think that she was, she was a really cool cat. Wow. That was that great storytelling, Dallas. Great job. I truly Thanks. was not expecting that. I was over here just like, <laughs> uh-huh yeah so she went she jumped out of the plane then what then what and you were like and now she's dead and I was like what <laughs> oh shocker yes <laughs> yeah so well thanks Very for listening yeah thanks for joining us and listening and um I hope you like this new format of us taking the time to really ta- tell each person's tale mm-hmm. and we have 50 episodes coming up and you want to join us because we're going to recap our favorite moments <gasps> oh 
la la yes indeed and don't forget guys give us a little rating and review if you're not already make sure you subscribe each new episode you see pops up there on your phone every tuesday and we will talk to you guys next week yes we'll talk to you later goodbye bye